0: And welcome, this is the Story X Story podcast where we discuss exciting stories across pop culture plus give you advice on creating your own. It's episode seven on Sunday, the 8th of September and I'm your host and my Meta co-founder, Nigel.
1: I'm Tazzy, I'm a variety streamer, uh, part of the Tracketridge stream team. I'm also a host for Gamepad and this podcast.
2: (laughs) Uh, I'm Gina, I'm the show's producer and I'm also a freelance artist.
0: And we have with us another special guest, um, one half of a special podcast duo, Jason from the Wulong Talks podcast. Hi, Jason.
3: Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me, everybody. I'm very pleased to to join you finally on the Story X Story podcast. Um, I know it's been a while coming, um, but we're delighted to be here. So um, yeah, thank you very much, man.
0: Cool. We had to hunt down Jason and bring him back to our... (laughs) podcasting <laughs> there for this yeah. to happen so a lot of effort <laughs> um, but yeah, no, thanks for being here
3: Yeah, appreciate
0: cool. it man, very much so, appreciate it Cool, so yeah, we're going to get into a story talk all about the MCU and Phase 4 um, but before we do that we're going to start with some Mayimada updates So we have the there's a few things happening well actually um a couple big things we've got hot lunch which is in progress right now so this has been this has been a long time coming um so i put out a instagram post a couple days ago i actually went back and looked at um like the first time we attempted to make comics and hot lunch was one of the stories and this was like 2012 and I looked at the story and I looked at the, the art style and then compared it with the the stuff we were doing in 2015 when we came up with like the first part of the story and then what we're doing now. So yeah, it just hit me that this has been a long time coming. But uh, for those who don't know, we released or we launched a Kickstarter for the Hot Lunch Volume 1 manga um, earlier in the year. And we were successful, well, successful on the second attempt, um, but yeah, we'll, kind of erase that in history and just say successful um and then (laughs) we got started on making a book so it's now going through like the phase of editing the pages or like doing the sketch pages and editing them as they come out and we're aiming to get ready for october comic-con that is the plan is everyone going to comic-con
2: yes hopefully (laughs)
0: i've already got my ticket already
2: spent the horrendous price on it but yeah. Just don't look at it. Yeah, <laughs> <They sell laughs> just pay for about Yeah, just price. hit by with your eyes closed. <laughs> yeah. and do it. That's how I do it as well.
0: Like um, so yeah, so um, for anyone that's going to be at Comic Con, the comic will be available uh, on our table in the I'm trying to think now in the Comic Village, and we've got another table in the South. O- Basically, we've got a table in each hall somewhere. I can't remember. Um, which one is which but one's in the comic village and one's in the other hall Uh, and then yeah the plan is to have hot lunch ready and available for purchase right there so if you're on kickstarter if you're one of our kickstarter backers we'll be sending like updates and page sketches and character artwork and stuff like that Uh, and then we'll take a section of that and put it on social media so everyone uh, by and large can follow the progress of that Uh, so yeah we're going to be talking more about that Um, as we get more and then hopefully I'll be on the Wulong Talks podcast also at some point in the future to talk more about it.
3: Yep, yep, most definitely.
0: Cool. Uh, So the other thing we have, um, I mentioned Comic-Con. That's a big one. But before that, we've got another big event, which is GamePad happening on the 28th of September. So this is our community gaming event that we run a few times a year in January, June, and September, which we're in now. So the idea is just promoting like diversity and inclusion through video games and just making it something that people of all ages and experience and backgrounds can get into. So our latest event is in Brixton at Lambeth Town Hall, and it's our biggest venue so far. We took photos, um, or Gina took some photos when we were at the venue. And you've got like a picture of me and, and Tanya taking up like 10% of... Yeah, literally. Uh, <laughs> of, 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 of. And then the rest of it is just like open open space where we'll we'll fill with like video games and stuff. So um, yeah, we've been going through like working out the games, uh, working out the tournaments uh, and also the guests. So we're going to have two gaming communities with us, Melanin Gamers and Streamcast. And they're going to be showcasing some games. And running some tournaments for prizes. Uh, and also, we're going to have a first at Gamepad, which is a just dance dance off.
1: I'm so which... excited for this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, we, we worked, worked this out. We worked out um, a dance off format. We're going to put that up online. We're going to let people know. One thing I will say in advance is you are going to sweat. Uh, <laughs> just to let you know right now you're going to sweat you're going to to take a break um but yeah so that's going to be one of many tournaments happening over the day over the day on games like jump force and uh, minecraft street fighter um and a bunch of other stuff so you can go to gamepad.events to see like the full list of games tournaments and obviously book tickets uh so what else is happening in here ah yeah so actually i mentioned comic-con Um, so next month is going to be the start of a bunch of conventions for the rest of the year. So we've got Comic-Con, I'm going to be going to the Lakes International Comic Art Festival near the Lake District. Uh, I'm also going to be going to Malta for the Malta Comic-Con in November. The week after, uh, I'm going to be going to Thought Bubble, which is in Harrogate. Wherever that is, I'll find out later.
3: Uh, <laughs> I think that's up north, isn't it? No it's somewhere
0: kidding. up there. It's, it's definitely beyond the M25. Yeah, that. yeah,
3: yeah. I'll get a nosebleed as soon as I got yeah, yeah, the
0: M25. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, um, and what else am I doing? Oh, yeah. And uh, I might be doing a something, a talk at EGX, maybe. We're, I'm still waiting on stuff like that. So, yeah, basically from next month, it's just like conventions, conventions and conventions. So... Mm-hmm. You'll be able to see my um and uh, myself and the team between like GamePad and all these conventions for the rest of the year. Perfect if you'd like to stalk us. I'm happy <laughs> to do so. Uh, and our last event of the year is going to be a live podcast. So I just want to remind people we talked about it at the last episode, but. We're going to try and do this live podcast thing where we're going to invite people to come to Orbital Comics on December seventh uh, to talk about like stories in films and stuff, but also talk talk about hot lunch and showcase like that comic and talk about the process behind it. So we're going to have details up fairly soon, um, and you'll be able to book free tickets for that. And yeah, just get ready to like uh, check out the book and meet the team behind it.
1: Cool. So we are gonna get into um a discussion about what we've been watching, reading, playing, um and what stories that have been involved in that. Um so Jason, do you wanna get started?
3: Uh yeah, I mean it's 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 um so kinda apt that you guys have have, have this Part of your um, your podcast where you discuss stories because stories something that's been swimming around my head a lot over the last couple of weeks, um, mainly because I've been watching uh, an anime series. Well, I just actually finished it the other day. Um, an anime series on Crunchyroll um, called Parasite: The Maxim, and um, it's really like kind of shocked me how much I've enjoyed this series because generally I'm somebody who um, when it comes to anime and sci-fi, I can take it or leave it. Like it, it's a bit hit or miss for me. Like there are certain sci-fi types that that really hit the nail on the head for me, particularly if they feature um, the future and you know kind of futuristic worlds and, and things like that. Um, and then you get other ones that try and blend in sort of fantasy and, and, and things like that, and they kind of put me off. Uh, Parasite manages to kind of do a little bit of both of those and do it really, really well. Um, it's a really strong and kind of engaging story and quite a relevant story as well. And I didn't actually realize this at the time that I was watching. It It was only after I finished it that the anime series was actually, um, first aired quite some time ago in Japan. It was in 2014 in between sort of 2014 and I think March, 2015, um, so it's been it's been quite a while, but it feels incredibly relevant in 2019, um, and that's both kind of a good and a bad thing in the sense that it's good because the, the way that they tell their story is. Um, it, is, as said, quite you know, relevant and, and quite easy for people to grasp and to understand, but because of the issues that they're dealing with in the story, it's kind of depressing that we've not really advanced any further um, as, a, as a species, really. Uh, but essentially, Parasite kind of deals with um, a young kid called uh, Shinichi, who um, has his body invaded by this kind of parasitic organism, Um, and the organism is meant to kind of take over his head but but fails and and lands in his right hand instead Um, and so the organism kind of completely takes over his right hand Um, and then throughout kind of the the course of the story you learn a bit about where these organisms have come from although you don't really get a sense of why they're here Um, and that plays a, a quite a part in the plot as well, because um, one particular character, which is um, one of these parasites, is also um, a a doctor and and a philosopher and and interested in kind of, um, you know, understanding its place in the universe and why it's here. Um, The parasites themselves are a problem because when they arrive on Earth, their main thing is that they need to feed and to protect their species, um, and they view human beings as as cattle, and so therefore, you know, you're a prime target, and they have no problem with biting your head off of your shoulders um, if that's going to give them what they want. Um, and the anime does a, a brilliant job of of kind of balancing uh, some of the adventure elements and the sci fi elements, but also, as said, dealing with. Um, some of the philosophy behind kind of how human beings view themselves and and it this whole series kind of really got me thinking about you know what 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 are we doing here like what is our purpose on planet earth um you know why have we ended up at the top of the food chain in terms of nature and what if something else came along that was above us you know how would we feel if we were only third on the food chain and there was another being that was beyond us that viewed us as cattle Sounds like you had a existential decided, crisis. You know, yeah. put us into farms <laughs> and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We we've been right. here before. Well, <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, basically I'm I'm furthering that along then because I'm I'm yep. part of that as well. Because yeah, I've had a total existential crisis watching this show. Um, but it, it it's great, you know, it, the animation in it is really, really vivid. Um some of the the visual effects are, are really well done as well um, particularly when um, it gets to later on in the story where there are scenes where um, this parasite which is called Migi that, that lives in Shinichi's hand um, starts to try and communicate with him through his dreams and um, so there' are these lots of these dream sequences and, and things like that um, and one thing I like to kind of do when I'm describing anime to like my friends who don't really watch it and I'm trying to get them to watch it I try and 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 kind of um say that the anime is similar to a a filmmaking style that they might be familiar with or or a genre of movies that they're familiar with um but with Parasite I found it so hard because it's like it's so it you know I said to a, a friend of mine who is not really an anime fan um i said to him you know you need to watch parasite and he's like what's it like and i was like um it's like prometheus but less boring and you know less (laughs) kind of characters doing dumb things for for no apparent reason um so i couldn't really pitch it to him in a way that, that that sort of made sense but but the story, it uh, said, is is really, really gripping. I mean, Shinji finds himself having to kind of battle all these other parasites who, who want to kill him because um, they've discovered that uh, Migi has is, is not taken over his brain in the way that a parasite should, and so they're kind of seen as outcasts in a way. Um, but then Migi has uh, no... No morality or or any kind of understanding of human emotion and things like that when he has first arrives as well And that creates some kind of tension between the two of them because um shinichi is is, is a human being and, and obviously has feelings and and has um you know a moral code or, or a moral standard that he's used to living by um and you know uh, migi is not interested in that at all is just purely interested in survival um, and so that creates like a lot of conflict and, and um, also, as said, brings them into conflict with other parasites and things as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, a bit it's like Venom. Yeah, that's
1: what I'm
0: uh, thinking. Yes. 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 I'm Again, I mean, I've, I've seen, I've seen this
3: anime before uh, a while ago and
0: my full memory is terrible. So I'm trying to remember a uh, bit of it. But yeah, it's, um, it does. Now I'm thinking about it. Remind me a lot of the relationship with Venom in, uh, in, uh, in the comics and the film in particular.
3: Yes, very much so. Yeah, it's very much a symbiotic relationship between um, Shinichi and, and uh, Migi as well, um, and it's, so it's because funnier. they're two. Sorry. Parasite
0: is funnier though.
3: Yeah, well, Parasite's better than Venom. Before, yeah, so, I mean, I'm yeah. not a fan <laughs> of Venom. I'll, I'll just put it out there now. I've <laughs> I've got major issues with the Venom movie. If you want to know what my issues are, go check out the Woolong Talks podcast. I talk about <laughs> it at length there. I won't, I'm not going to go into it here. But um, yeah, it, it's very... That, that's a good call, actually. It's very similar to to kind of Venom in, in terms of... Uh, particularly comic book Venom as well. Um, and the type of relationship that um, the, the symbiote and Eddie Brock have is... Is, is kind of very similar to what Shinichi and, and, and Miki have as well but um yeah Parasite has is, is been the main thing that I've really really enjoyed at the moment and um yeah I can I can recommend it very highly to people um one quick thing before I finish off as well that I didn't know I had no idea also in doing my research that this was actually um a very old uh manga in the sense that it Came out originally, I believe, in 1990 or 1991. So it's actually the story's actually been around for a long, long time. Um, and at okay. a certain point, uh, apparently, New Line Cinema had actually bought the the film rights and were going to produce a live action movie. This was back in 2005. Um, But it got stuck in development hell and it went through various different writers and directors and they just couldn't agree on what they were going to do. The film rights expired um, or their ownership of the film rights expired in 2013. And then Toho Studios, the the same studio who made the Godzilla movies and such, um, they actually bought the rights and then they produced two live action movies, um, one in 2014 and one in 2015. So that was an interesting kind of tidbit I discovered. Cool
1: uh gina did you want to tell us what you've been yes yeah, so uh,
2: i've been playing this game recently called dang and romper and it's like it's really old like not not you know horrendously old but i don't know how i managed to get into it in the year 2019 because it came out a pretty long time ago the first game but it's about like it's a game so it's a detective game And it's all these high school kids that are put into, they're basically locked into their school and they have to, they're basically forced into killing each other. So if you get away with killing someone, then you get to graduate and you get to leave the killing game. But if you get found out, then you basically die. So there's like three of them and they're all pretty much the same. So lots of just detective work and I don't usually play detective games so i'm not very good at them but i find the stories to be so intriguing because they're like so out there uh, especially with the executions they're like some of them are insane um and the one i'm playing at the moment so i finished the main three but the one i'm playing at the moment is not a detective game it's called ultra despair girls and that's a shooting game instead which i'm personally not enjoying as much because i think i quite like the detective stuff and i think the. Probably should have just left it there because it feels like this game's like super slow in comparison. Like you'll literally move for like five minutes and then they'll give you another tutorial, which I don't know. But when when you put that into games and like it just doesn't really feel like the games flow properly. I guess like when you're breaking up the story constantly, you're like hey, the, here's this new feature that you're probably going to use once and never use again. <laughs>
0: So that really slows it down.
2: Yeah, it really does. Because I I don't really like reading. I'm not a very fast reader. So to literally (laughs) be playing a game and then... I'm not even kidding. uh, Towards the start, especially, it was literally every five minutes. They'd be like, okay, so anyway, this is what you need to do next. I was just like, can I not just literally just walk for a minute without you telling me something else?
0: Oh, it's like (laughs) information overload kind of situation. Yeah. That's annoying. It's 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 really
1: annoying.
0: Yeah, there's definitely is good ways to introduce new information and new skills or weapons or whatever it might be in a game without having to stop and like force people to read a bunch of stuff or watch a long cutscene or uh, stuff like that. It's a shame.
2: It mm-hmm. is because, like, especially since these games are so story-driven, which is kind of why I thought it would be worth mentioning. They're like literally all story, and then to kind of just have it all in that one game to do it so that it was literally broken up so much, it didn't. It just didn't work i didn't think because the story is still genuinely really interesting and it's very different from the main series which was you know all detective stuff but this one's more like it's all shooting so it's finding out like how the other stories came to be basically and it's just it was wasn't done very well in my opinion there was just too much useless talking and that you like you have this hacking gun as the same weapon It's got like, I can't remember how many settings, like eight or between eight and 12, I think. And that's just too many settings for one gun to have. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Other other than that, that, yeah, it's just, yeah. Other than that, it was really enjoyable. But this one, I've I've played it for a few months now and I've only literally put in like 10 hours. So it's obviously not as
1: gripping as the other ones were. (laughs) Yeah. No, I totally get that. I feel that was a game (laughs) thing. Um, All right. I I guess I'll go next. Um, So I recently watched Invader Zim on Netflix. Um,
0: Me too. I watched that.
1: So here's the thing. I had never even heard of Invader Zim prior to three years ago. Um, But it's something my... Um, partner is like he's obsessed with obsessed with invader zim is this um, is it a new invader zim or is this the old it's one a new, no so no, this is a, a new, new movie so okay. anyone that doesn't know what invader zim is it's a cartoon from like the early 2000s i think um and recently netflix introduced the uh, made a film so it's a nickelodeon cartoon um so netflix have worked with nickelodeon to make a film for it and bring it back um and yeah so this was my first experience of invader zim other than like lots of references over the past three years and um i was like not really sure what to go in and it's basically a story about um this little alien (laughs) this came to earth and which is zim and this kid who's, like, protecting the Earth from him. And no one believes that Zim is an alien. He just goes to school and everyone thinks it's normal. Um, so the film is, like, Zim's disappeared for ages. Um, and the kid's, like, waiting for him to come back. It's like, no, he's still there watching his house. And he's turned into this big slob. <laughs> and it's basically a journey of, like, him protecting the Earth against Zim again. But lots of plot t- twists it's great um but it's just really silly like yes it is very so
0: silly because silly. i i did watch like the original series when it came out i always felt invader zim was um underrated because it wasn't very well known um always found it interesting and uh, zim and particularly his robot assistant girl uh, who's <laughs> who just like so adorably cute. inept at everything he does but um yeah it is a super silly cartoon and I feel like if this was your first introduction to it it will be even more so and there's there might be some stuff because there's a lot of references to like the relationship between uh Zim and Dib and mm-hmm. um that kind of they just assume you've, you you know coming into it so it's interesting to hear your thoughts as it I, is your I first think- experience of it
1: yeah, I think they've done it really well, because I didn't feel like, oh, my God, I'm missing out on something that I didn't know. Um, I think they sort of, they set up that this is a reference uh, to, like, the cartoons. Um, but they kind of, like, let you know why it's a reference, I guess. Like, you don't feel like you're not in on the joke. Okay. You kind of feel like, oh, okay, this must be from um, the cartoon, I guess if you know that there's a cartoon, and as well, I think everything's just so silly that you're just laughing at the ridiculousness. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless, guy yeah. is cute whether you've seen cartoons or not. Zim is just <laughs> pathetic.
0: He is, but he's so. Either way. You kind of because you learn like from the cartoons, and they reference it here where he's sent, or he thinks he's sent um, to scout Earth to be taken over by his um his, his alien race but <laughs> he's actually just been sent out of the way
3: yeah.
0: and they don't like, like him so that kind of he's
1: the best person. exactly so <laughs> so is
0: um so it's, it's kind of like it you empathize with him a little bit even though he's the alien trying to destroy earth because he's like a failure at it um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah he's like funny in that sense
1: and then there's quite a few cool characters. I think all the characters are really well written in it. Um, so you've got the dad who's like a scientist, <laughs> a renowned scientist, and thinks his son's idea that there's an alien living on the, in their neighbourhood is ridiculous. <laughs> and it's just hilarious. He's like constantly disappointed by his son, but his son's so right, so right. Like even to the bitter end of this story, like, oh, it's, it's so funny. And like, oh, it's great. I, I go recommend go watch it. It's nice and easy. Like, you can all watch it together. It's great. Um, and then the other thing, which is like the complete opposite of an easy story to follow, is Kingdom Hearts. So I've been playing through Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, and this is my first introduction to this game. Uh, I've never played any of the other Kingdom Hearts. Oh, and, wow, really? Yeah. So You're starting I, with the third one? <laughs> yeah, because it's on Xbox. <laughs> and someone bought it for me. Like, thank you so much, by the way. Um, yeah, it was a birthday present. And um, so I before I played it, I was like, right, everyone's told me this game, this, this game is complicated. The story is complicated. Let me watch all the YouTube um, videos under the planet I can find <laughs> about it. And I watched so much. And I was like, that's... That didn't help, and this is like cutscene <laughs> without like having to watch, having to play the game. So I'm like, there is, there was no point in me playing the previous games for the story because I would have been even more lost. <laughs> I had someone explaining it to me, and I still don't get it. Um, Literally, it... I don't get
2: it either. And I've, I've only played one and two, and I'm like, I think it's too late for me now. I don't even think I can get my head around. <laughs> The wow. countless amount of other Kingdom Hearts games that have come out since then.
1: Yeah, and so, but saying that, it's still a really nice story to follow. It's like you just understand the basic level of it, and it's it's nice. And there's a lot of uh friendship that you're following, so you're watching all these friendships. Um, like grow and be reconnected um and trying to find like a friend i guess but in the most complicated way ever <laughs> there's so many like it's not just straightforward because there's these heartless and these things that i don't yeah it's confusing but it's also so fun the best thing is it introduced so obviously it's a square enix and disney game um so you have all these stories that you know and then it's like how your character is like in this world all these you travel to the different worlds and have a story within those worlds so i've just finished like the toy box land which is where toy story is um
0: that sounds so cool
1: yeah and your character is basically uh, a video game character in the world of toy story (laughs) and so like obviously like rex is obsessed (laughs) but it's really cool and then i've just got to um the tangled place uh so i've just met rapunzel um and so you go over like what you've seen of tangled the movie um but then it adds this element of the storyline of kingdom hearts it's pretty cool how they do that i'm like i feel like this could have actually been in the film and I just didn't notice it. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. it was interesting
2: because I, I feel like originally they said they weren't going to put the Pixar films in. I, I, yeah. I don't know if that's hundred percent accurate, but I'm pretty sure they said that. So it was a nice surprise when they all showed up in the trailers and stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I did. Um, yeah. I've got to say that. Yeah. So obviously there's Disney Pixar and some Square Enix characters in there, but it's, it's great. All, the characters are linked somehow through friendship and evil organizations that get disembanded and put together and disbanded <laughs> and changed <laughs> and because like everyone has like three different versions of themselves it gets really complicated but still really fun i'm still getting through it i'm i'm like i don't know like 10 15% of the way through so we'll probably catch up when we'll i finish it <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh Nigel, what have you been what have you been consuming?
0: Yeah, I've been I've been consuming stuff. Uh so I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on two quick ones just to give a shout out and then uh get into one I have actually finished. So uh speaking of checking back in, I started Red Dead Redemption 2 uh and we're definitely gonna have to check back in because that's a that's a big game. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I'm a that's slow that's a monster. Yeah, <laughs> that a monster that game. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a slow player, so mm. um I just started it and it's um yeah it's it's good i can see uh spy rockstar so already sold i played a bit of the first one when i had an xbox before my xbox suffered the red ring of death uh so i didn't get to play through it and then i switched to a playstation so i've not actually played through the first one but uh, i just thought okay the second one's out uh it came with the new playstation i had to get after losing my original one, Uh, that's a whole other story but um, yeah, just getting into it so it's kind of like like open world western uh, style game that I like the combination of and you're with these uh, characters that are kind of on the run um, and they're just like finding their way through like this new new world or I guess old world because like you know the old west uh, of America but you play this character and I don't know, It's kind of trying to think of the, it's very, I was going to say nostalgic, but I was not alive at the time, <laughs> so I don't know if that's the right word, uh, but you play his character, uh, if I remember correctly, Arthur Morgan, um, and he's this, you know, sort of grizzled, got the the beard thing uh, going on, um, and yeah, you're kind of, actually, I can't even say too much because I'm really early. Um, But at the moment, I've just been doing different missions that are teaching me how to play the game while learning about some of the context around this group that you're uh, traveling with and and the leader and some of the history between the leader of this group and what seems to be the main uh, antagonist or the antagonist gang uh, that's causing you trouble. So what I recently did is pull a heist on the train to steal some bonds uh, and also hunt. So you have to actually hunt animals and skin them and eat them which i'm all for um which is great but what i realized is this is very it's a very manual game and it's very much so for instance when you had to hunt a deer and you had to you know follow its tracks hunt the deer and usually if it's like gta or something you know when you complete a mission it kind of it takes you back to where you need to go to carry on with the game. Um, so, I was kind of expecting that to happen. But when I got the deer, I actually had to put it on my horse and then carry it back to camp. And then yeah. when I got <laughs> to camp, I had to put it down and then skin it. So, you had to do all the stuff, all the stuff. <laughs> and everything. So, it's very much like a long game you have to sort of get into. So, yeah, I'll probably be talking more of that as I find out more and play more. Uh,
1: I really... The other thing.
0: Oh, you paid it? So, I,
1: because I started playing Red Dead Redemption 2 and then just gave up, and it was exactly that. I really enjoyed the hunting and stuff yeah. like that, but it was like, I'm so bored of horseback. Yeah.
3: <laughs> At least <laughs> in
1: GTA, I'm in a car and it goes fast. Yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah it, it takes sad. a long, old time to get anywhere in, in Red Dead yeah. Redemption yeah. 2, man. Yeah. I a used a to have two things time. going on, playing it. <laughs> <laughs> Riding my yeah. horse
1: and travelling, what I'm getting all my stuff.
0: Yeah. But yeah. Um, so the other uh, thing I've been consuming is a, a book, a novel called *The Lives of Loch Lamora*, and I just wanted to mention this, just because if anyone's interested in sort of, um, it's a high story uh, and it's set in like a uh, a made-up world, which I always uh, always like, and it's got kind of a sort of fantasy epic element uh, to it. Um, but you, it follows this thief essentially, and this kind of uh, Con man, And the reason I wanted to mention is uh, obviously we've been working on Hot Lunch and I like to get inspiration from other um, sources, other areas. Uh, and that's been one that has been very, I guess, informative for me as I sort of work on developing future Hot Lunch stories. So I just wanted to shout out uh, that novel. Uh, and then the one I've been like really getting into is The Boys. Have you guys seen this?
1: I've seen the first episode. Um... Yeah. Okay.
3: It's good. <laughs> it's, it's I finished the Series the other day. It's yeah. It's really good actually. Yeah,
0: it is really oh, good. I stuff. haven't
3: seen it at all. <laughs>
0: okay, I recommend this. This is so I um things you should know about me. I'm I'm not a binger. So if I if I watch two episodes at one time, like that means something good is going on. If I watch like multiple episodes on consecutive days, this is a good show because uh, I I think I've got attention issues where if I watch something, i just have to go and do something different after yeah an
2: hour. i feel you yeah <laughs>
0: but this just kept me in it and I, I love i won't say too much like uh spoilers but i will say that the concept of superheroes as corporate owned entities is just fascinating to me and what happens when the heroes you idolize actually are just terrible people and in fact the worst people like what what happens so it's basically about. Um, it follows non-superhero characters and the main protagonist is a guy called Huey whose girlfriend is uh, killed by one of the, the seven who are the, the uh, I guess, the elite of all the, the superhero characters and, and in this world, the most sort of corporately owned. So in terms of like, The way they're marketed, the way they're presented—like films, TV, video games, toys, all that kind of merchandising stuff—and they're owned by a group called Vought, who are the the corporation. So, having had seen his girlfriend sort of killed in front of him by one of the Seven, Huey is then drafted into a group led by Billy Butcher, who. Is basically has issues with sort of the main kind of superhero, Homelander, who's like a an amalgamation of I don't know Captain America and uh, Superman and America. Just there's a lot of America in this guy. Uh, and for better or worse, um. So yeah, he kind of joins this group, um, and they lead the charge to sort of take down this this organization and and these superheroes. But yeah, it's just a completely different take on like the polished idea. Uh, of superheroes and what happens when they are terrible people, and I recommend it so much.
1: Mm. I definitely need to continue it. Um, it's one of those ones that's quite dark and heavy for me, yes. um, so I have to consume slower than it. Okay. If it was. I
0: just jump straight uh, into the darkness.
1: Yeah, I hope and <laughs> all things la la land type stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, like for anyone that's watched My Hero Academy, this is kind of like the the like flipped version of My Hero Academy. Mm okay mm, yeah. that's like, like one of my like, get- favorite animes so yeah it's got like a v- like the idea that like supers are now just a thing that happens in the world and some yeah. people are born of powers and then they go through like a system <laughs> yes like systemized superheroes if that makes sense so yeah it's kind of like that but the superheroes are quite dark
0: and very they're they're, they're dark in different ways as well so you find out as it goes on but uh yeah so that's all the stuff we've been watching we've been watching a lot and reading a lot uh good on you guys uh so we are going to get into the main discussion and that is phase four of the mcu so i'm gonna just do the usual spoiler alert Uh, We are going to be talking about different things in the MCU, so if you don't want anything spoiled, um, usual thing, pause, watch everything Marvel have done over the last 10 years, then come back (laughs) and we will catch up with you then. So, yeah, we're going to be looking at sort of the recent uh, announcements of Phase 4 from San Diego Comic-Con and also Disney's uh, D23 Expo. And... Kind of what we're going to do here is sort of, I guess, cherry pick different things that interest us. If you want to hear uh, a super detailed sort of breakdown of um, each parts of the, the cinematic and television universe, I recommend you listen to the Wulong Talks podcast. Uh, I've got it as episode 68, where Jason and Rich just break down, like, everything that's coming. So what we're going to do here is just, yeah, cherry pick what kind of t- took our fancy... Uh, and everything. So, I guess I'll put it out to you guys, like, what if we look at San Diego Comic Con, just where it all started, in terms of Phase 4, uh, what stood out to you in particular from that first announcement?
3: Um, should I go first? Yeah, Thanks Jason, go yeah? ahead. Okay. Um, I think for for us, for uh, me, and and for Rich as well, my my partner in crime on Long Talks, um, the thing that really kind of intrigued us the most was probably The Eternals, um, generally because The Eternals is is a comic book that is obscure, like, like Guardians of the Galaxy obscure. Like people just, you say the name Eternals to people and, you know, you can say certain comic book Um, characters names to some people who who aren't necessarily that familiar or or well versed with comic books but have kind of heard things pop up in popular culture and they'll go oh yeah i know that like you can say the x-men to somebody and they'll 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 have a rough idea of what the x-men is they 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 may not necessarily be you know um knee deep in it but but they know but the eternals is one of those you say the eternals to people and they go what like there there really is you know no um kind of grounding there in 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 popular culture outside of um this very obscure set of characters from from Marvel's comic book history. Um, so the Eternals to, was the one that me and Rich both were like, whoa, like, you know, we, we kind of heard the rumors for over the past two years that they were looking at doing an Eternals movie. But I kind of thought it was going to go the way of Inhumans, as in, you know, they'd announced they were going to do a movie and then it would slowly disappear from the slate and then come out as a rubbish TV show <laughs> ABC, um, at some point later on. Um but the fact that they kept, you know, they kept going and then they made, um, you know, this big presentation at Comic-Con where we got to meet yeah, the cast, they and the everything. director and, and, and everything. Um, you know, that was really a, a big kind of standout moment for us and, and one that, that said we weren't really expecting to see. So, um, so were the you Eternal, guys already
0: fans right. of the Eternals? So we, I guess you were aware of the, term, the Eternals from the comics already. Were you particularly fans and like excited to see them? brought out in this way
3: um i wasn't that aware of the eternals <laughs> and okay. the I I, so this is yeah really like new to i wasn't hugely like i i'm aware that they existed but i didn't really understand kind of how they played a part in the wider narrative of, of the marvel comic book universe right. and um it was actually rich who had to kind of break it down and explain kind of where the idea for them came from and how they fit in with the wider marvel universe and and the reason why they're there um and so yeah you know for me it was it, it was much as a learning experience for me as it was for for anybody else who was probably watching that presentation and then said thinking what what on earth are the eternals so so yeah there was a lot of catching up that i had to do <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay what about um you T- uh, tassie
1: um do you know what? I'm still really overwhelmed. <laughs> You're still Marvel processing for yeah. I'm still like just, you know, there's a lot going on mentally for me when it comes to Marvel. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I'm already looking forward to the things I was already looking forward to. So like Black Panther 2, Guardians of the Galaxy okay. 3. Um, and then a surprising one for me is like, I'm quite looking forward to the new 4 movie, um, which is, I'm not a big fan of Four alone.
0: <laughs> I was in just the character himself, you mean? Or...
1: Um, no, like, I, I love, like, like the Four character and yeah. the stories. But the films, like, solo films for Four, I feel like I've just never really found that good <laughs> compared okay. to the rest of the Marvel universe that is. Um, I never really thought, oh, yeah, I want to see that. But, yeah, the new Four... I think is definitely something I'm interested in watching straight away. Yeah. Um and then like I don't know. I feel like Captain Marvel is something. I feel like the first one was really good and obviously we had Avengers Endgame. Um so that that's pretty cool. And the the Black uh the Black Widow film.
0: Black Widow, yeah. Um Yeah.
1: This is I'm quite excited and I know like so many people said oh but Widow is so boring and um, so I'm hoping this will make her like more interesting to people because for me I find her pretty pretty like badass
0: she's just like yeah I find her interesting
1: fights relentlessly and seems to not really feel pain
0: <laughs> yeah I didn't know and has come
1: from like a really dark history but has like a very straight siri thinks i'm talking
0: sorry <laughs> does siri have anything to say on probably <laughs> on the con <laughs> yeah probably
1: um but yeah she has like this really dark history but seems to have a very straight like moral compass in the like present as we know her yeah um so yeah i'm i'm really intrigued like what they do with this i try not to read too much because i don't want to have expectations
0: Um, (laughs) yeah expectations can be a, a dangerous dangerous thing um i think like for me what stood out was that that marvel aren't done and you know uh endgame was a misleading title they are uh ready to bring out more and more stuff and i guess it depends how you feel about sort of the sort of comic book the shared universe that uh marvel and kevin feige are are building uh, i assume if you're listening to us now you you're somewhat you know uh, partial to that um and i think for me i'm just impressed to see that you know it, it didn't just stop where uh within game that they're ready to expand the universe and expand it like tazzy you mentioned some of the stuff that you know, people are looking forward to. I'm definitely looking forward to Black Panther two uh, and Guardians of the Galaxy and and all that. But things that people might not be aware of, uh, like the Eternals, uh, like Shang Chi, and um, seeing how Marvel are going to bring characters that might not be as well known yet to uh, you know to the sort of mainstream audience. Uh, I'm very like fascinated to see how they like keep the keep the bandwagon going uh mm-hmm. and expand and i feel like there was uh, there's a lot i'll kind of pick out but um just the first thing just the the general scope of it and what i did like to see is how i guess they're going the way of making these films almost like different genres so they did some of that already so you have things like winter soldier being uh, a spy film, uh, Thor: Ragnarok being uh, very much a comedy. I mean, there's there's comedy in all uh, of the, the MCU, but Thor: Ragnarok being a, sort of an out-and-out comedy. And they announced, you know, uh, the new Doctor Strange film is going to be a horror, um, uh, things like that. So I kind of like they they're taking this this approach of making these films different genres and then led by different directors with different styles while still keeping it in the MCU theme, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just impressed to see like so many projects, um, but, uh, and like the scope of where they're going next. And I think the thing that sort of stood out, that I wasn't prepared for, I wasn't expecting was the, the Blade uh, Blade Runner, uh, the Blade announcement and like how that's being brought into. I don't know if, if that was just me who was surprised or is that something that was expected or what did you guys think of that?
3: Um, it, it, it was expected. It, it okay. was expected because the rights had gone back to Marvel Studios, Um, I think in 2016 was when they got the rights back to the character. So it, it was... For me, it was expected that there would be something. I wasn't expecting to see it at San Diego Comic Con, and I was surprised when Mahershala Ali came out with this cap and they released the logo and, and all of that. Um, that did surprise me, but I, I, I kind of knew they were going to do something with Blade. I just wasn't sure when it was going to come. Yeah. Um, so were you, yeah.
0: Were you disappointed not to see Wesley Starks being brought back? Because I know some people bought that, and as far as I know uh one wesley snipes is still alive and does he still have (laughs) like tax problems so he could use the use the marvel money so it does raise the question like why yeah yeah yeah. um
3: no i was i personally wasn't but yeah i did hear a lot of chatter with with some people who were disappointed by um mahershala ali being cast and other people saying they're not sure about him because they don't know if he'll bring the necessary physicality to the role and, and things like that. But for me, it didn't bother me. I mean, what concerns me more is um, it would be the the person's acting capability, yeah. um, you know, and, and are they somebody who can who can bring a certain amount of charisma and um, and bring their own take to the character as well? Because what I didn't want is. um you know wesley snipes has been away from that character for quite some time i didn't want him to come back to the character again and it will be plainly aware to all of us that you know time has passed and time has caught up with him so um you know yeah, i couldn't you'd want have that, that comparison right you yeah that, yeah and also i didn't want them to cast somebody to be a wesley snipes type you know if you're going to go again with braid then then go again reboot the whole thing you know approach it from a different um angle approach it with a different actor and and a different kind of viewpoint and a different you know creativity uh to it and as long as you do that then i'm i'm on board so um for me it wasn't you know a, a big deal for was not to be back? Although you know, I would have loved to see him, of course, for nostalgia's sake. You know, I would have been there cheering if if he was there. But yeah, but I'm not gonna you know cry over the fact that he he wasn't in um, the or he isn't yeah. in the new movie, as far as we know, because for all we know he might have some type of role that he's playing that um that involves oh. him in a, as a different character or something like that. So yeah, that could I'm be not interesting.
0: Mm. I mean, yeah, no, I, I definitely hear. Yeah, I I feel like he. Uh, he took it well because I think he put out an announcement, just like letting everyone know, just to relax uh, mm. about that whole situation. So yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm definitely interested to see how they sort of keep the scope of of uh, this MCU going and and just grow it. But then I'm also thinking alongside that is the idea of the you know, it's like comic book movie fatigue and whether people will, or maybe some people already have get um, become bored with it all because they did announce a lot, not just over cinema, but they announced a bunch of, well, they, you know, they reminded people that um, they had a bunch of TV uh, projects coming as well. So you've got, um, you've got, is it the Winter Soldier and uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Mm-hmm. Um, what else is, is there? You've got the Loki series um so there's going to be a lot of marvel uh coming over the next few years do you think there'll be a problem with just people getting bored of the whole superhero story
1: i think that because they have so much coming out and like you were saying earlier there's like a few different genres scattered about in the movies um it will mean that people i feel like Leading up to Endgame, you kind of watched every single Marvel film. But I feel yeah. like going out, it will be more of a choose and select which ones you like best and that you're more into. Um, and then, like, I don't know what's going to happen with all these TV projects because, like, they're all on Disney Plus as well.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing. And so I don't bad. know
1: about you, but I'm subscription fatigued. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, if not comic movie fatigue definitely subscription subscription
1: (laughs) and like i'm sorry but i'm not like me personally i'm not going to be subscribing to disney plus anytime soon um because if i'm paying that much a month i don't want just a singular like entity (laughs) to be having that i mean i know i have netflix and most of the stuff i watch are netflix originals um but they still have like a diversity of stuff there
0: <laughs> they do so i think you're, so you're saying like you won't subscribe to um disney plus just to watch the marvel like tv projects
1: yeah like yeah. i'll just miss them i'll be like all right cool <laughs> i'll watch them when i'm with someone who has disney plus or i don't know If like my housemate gets it or something, then maybe. I mean, I'm I stopped watching Agents of Shield like season three, I think. Um,
0: Okay, and what uh, what about you, Jason? Are you are you fatigued? Uh, Comic book and or subscription.
3: Listen, man, I've been waiting 25 years for this stuff to come. Like you, Fatigue, to me, is a, is an alien word. I don't, I don't even know what that word means in this context. I'm like, uh, it, feed it all, mainline it into my veins. I'm, and I'm good. like, that's what <laughs> you Mainline it into it. my veins. <laughs> but, yeah. but um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do, uh, we have kind of had this conversation before myself and, and Rich on one of talks. And, um, you know, as, as you both have said, it, it's the key to, i guess avoiding fatigue and and keeping um you know some of the more casual fans and people who aren't necessarily um that involved in in the universe and um uh, the wider stories around it keep, the key to keeping them involved will be to keep those projects um, individual to keep them you know give them an individual flavor as you said earlier Nigel kind of explore different genre styles within yeah. the different movies um, and you know as long as Marvel Studios can do that and they can keep a fairly consistent sort of standard in terms of um, you know the writers that they're employing and the directors that they're employing and you know they keep getting the the, the right people on board uh, for these projects then you know I think people will will keep coming because they they're you know the 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 box office evidence suggests people can't get enough yeah. of it so, <laughs> so there's no reason for them not to to go you know all in um as for disney plus i'm i'm i don't know i'm i'm kind of i know that i i really really want disney plus because i <laughs> i want to see all of these shows um uh, well maybe one of them i'm a bit like now nah, uh, i'm not so keen on or, or not not that? keen on um loki um okay. loki uh I kind of feel like his story's done, um, I and I like don't so. really need to see anything more there, um, but I'm still curious to, to see kind of what they're going to do with him, um, particularly with what they did with the, the character in Avengers Endgame. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not, you know, kind of like chomping at the bit for more more low-key so that uh i can kind of take it or leave it but the other shows i'm i'm like yeah like i said 25 years in the making for me baby so so bring it on like yeah and keep that's, going, the,
0: man. that's the kind of thing i was thinking so for me like with the idea of fatigue i i think i did a blog post on this like around the time i think before black panther came out or yeah around it. i mean we'll put it in the show notes but the idea of fatigue because you don't hear people say I'm fatigued of romantic comedies or I'm fatigued of sci-fi or I'm fatig- they're like genres. So mm. I feel if you're making good films, you can keep it going. Now, obviously mm. I'm, I'm biased um, because, you know, I think I've seen just about all of the 23, whatever MCU films. And just as a creator also on, on a admittedly uh, much, much smaller, definitely not billion dollar scale, but, Someone who is trying to create a a universe where you have individual uh, stories that do tie into a a, a wider narrative. Uh, just looking at what Marvel are doing, and and to be honest, like taking notes um, mm-hmm. for me. So I'm 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 definitely biased, but I feel just on the, the idea of uh, uh, fatigue is that if you're making good films, then you can keep it going. And I feel that Marvel, from the way they're sort of approaching this what if the way they've approached it so far and what they're doing with these uh different types of films in phase four i feel like they're aware of this they're aware that they can't necessarily keep doing the exact same thing with the exact same characters and, and they will need to sort of add new characters in uh, as they're doing and they've got a bunch of material but add new characters in but also play with the genre so i'm actually quite keen to see what a, a marvel horror film looks like mm-hmm. and yeah and and films that can stand in their own like with black panther one of the things that i i liked about it is that that is a film you could just watch that on its own without necessarily having to come in with all the other marvel films so i feel they're aware of this and i, I think they're taking steps to to address it um i mean with disney plus i I, I think I'm with you, Tazzy. I'll I'll get subscription fatigue before I get comic book movie fatigue. Um, so I've got what have I got? I've got uh, Netflix. Um, I forgot to cancel my Amazon Prime, so I got that too. Um, I've got Spotify. Uh, there's a lot of stuff like going out. I feel for me to get Disney Plus, something's got to go, and it's not going to be Netflix because I feel where we are now, just making this general assumption that Netflix is kind of like a stable almost that just Mm. that that's just there Uh, (laughs) and and everything else is vulnerable so uh looking at you amazon prime uh you're vulnerable (laughs) vulnerable. Um, but yeah (laughs) so i feel there is like a limit on a number of subscriptions someone is going to get um so at the moment i'm kind of on the fence i would like to but it's going to have to be a uh a consideration but i mean like that's the tv side of things um obviously we've got like next year uh um, a few things, oh no, it's only two films coming, Right, so we've got Black Widow and The Eternals coming, so only two releases from at least MCU um, releases next year, and...
3: Oh, is... we should have um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier next year as well.
0: Oh, okay, so that's... Oh, but that um, will be obviously Disney, Disney, Plus, yeah. Disney Plus. Yeah, okay, alright, cool. So in, in terms of, like, those releases, um, Jason, you mentioned Eternals, and uh Taz you mentioned Black Widow are those like so- things you're definitely like excited uh, excited to see
1: excited
0: are you still Not right now we <laughs> <I'm... laughs> still, still still got some maybe maybe you.
1: come like when we're in 2020, ah, oh, so weird to say. When we're in 2020, I think, I think because yeah. it's in 2020, I'm like, that's that's ages away.
0: <laughs> I know. Can we just like, just side note, is it just me? Like, whenever I hit 2020, like for me, that's officially the future. Yeah. I don't know why. That just that sounds like the. I future. feel like it's
1: been referenced a lot
0: um,
1: yeah. <laughs> during like the 80s and the 90s. Uh, yeah. Being the future, so.
0: <laughs> I feel like everything's gonna change once we hit 2020. Yeah. Except um, the release of Marvel films, I'll just keep going. Anyway, you were yeah. saying
1: <laughs> So Black Widow, I just feel like it feels so long away. I really want twenty twenty <laughs> to be so long away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying not to think that far ahead <laughs> to get excited <laughs> for it. Um but no, definitely like um like I said before, it's just I'm I'm really intrigued as to like more story for Black Widow and I'm hoping that it will make her more of a interesting character to other people um so yeah I, I am excited for that and i i will probably watch the eternals as well because i love the stories that i don't know about i'm not a comic book reader i really wish i was but there's just too many of them um yeah. <laughs> and i i like the idea of a character who's uh, like characters in this case whose stories I don't know I have never heard of and I don't have like expectations or um like oh I know how this one goes you know uh, yeah like the probable reboot of spider-man that we're now gonna get
0: oh yeah we're <laughs> gonna talk about that in a, in a second <laughs> yeah but I totally get what you're saying actually and and that's actually why I mentioned I talked about the boys earlier and that's a comic series that i was not familiar with so in watching the series it was yeah it was just it was all new and i i didn't i had no expectations and not to say that um if i had it would have disappointed or or anything but i just feel there's something to not knowing what's going to happen next and not knowing what these characters are going to do or what they're capable of and i feel the same with the eternals in that uh, i'm kind of debating whether i want to go and read the comics beforehand, whether I should just go in and just experience the story and then go uh, and read up on it. But uh, yeah, that is what I like, or what I'm going to like seeing from this Phase 4 is is new characters being uh, introduced. And uh, I think as well as the the films. I mean, we talked about San Diego, but we also had the D23 Expo, where uh, Marvel released even more content that is coming in the form of uh, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, and Miss Marvel. So these are another three mm-hmm. uh, properties that uh, I'm not super familiar with. Uh, oh my with god! The Listen,
3: comics, I. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, I lost my crap <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> when, I, when they announced <laughs> those three shows. I was like, oh my god, I don't believe it. I was your typical kind of internet fanboy when that announcement came out. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I was just crazy. I mean, Moon Knight is a character people have been talking about wanting, you know, Moon Knight on the big screen for about 10 years. Um, and
0: Yeah, just rumours of who could play Moon Knight and everything. Mm
3: so to you know to finally get confirmation of that is great to see she-hulk finally is great um again that's a character that's been around for so long in in marvel comics and Mm -hmm. you know she she deserved to be you know represented on on the screen in some way and and miss marvel kind of represents the the new generation really she's one of the, the newest you know marvel characters to to be introduced in the comic books and and her popularity is huge, and so it, you know it was a no-brainer that at some point she was she was going to be involved in the MCU. So it's great that she's there, and of course because of her background, it's also incredibly symbolic and, and significant. And um, yeah, you know, so I you have the
0: have... first Muslim
3: character. is it Yeah, well, first yeah, Muslim in... uh, woman character as well. Well, character. well, she's okay, a teenager yeah. in in the story when it starts, yeah. but. But, um, you know, yeah, there is the potential for this to have, you know, the the cultural impact that, that Black Panther had. So I think, you know, they there really is that really is one character to watch is is Miss Marvel um and and to see where she kind of goes and and what they do with the character and things like that so so yeah again for me like plug it straight into my veins as I said I'm a broken (laughs) record I'm I'm good just feed it all to me keep me going you know basically Marvel Studios and Disney are you know know they've got people like me on the hook. They they know it. (laughs) As soon as they release certain things, they know I'll go, oh my god, yeah, they're doing that. Oh my god. And then (laughs) I'll go and spend my money on it and often multiple times. So um yeah. So yeah, they (laughs) where people like me are concerned, they're not worried. They they know they've got me. It's 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 I feel like
1: I feel like as well. So like She Hakam uh she-Hulk? She, She-Hulk and <laughs> Ms. Marvel are characters that I've seen, like when I go to like a comic book store or something, um, I've seen them on covers and I'm like, ah, oh, I wish I could commit to comic books so I could pick this up. <laughs> so it's really great being like a, a not comic book reader, but fan of the idea of comic books. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> to be able to still consume these and not just them like get shoved under the rug, especially like female characters. I one of the things I love about Marvel um, is that they're really introducing some serious, strong women. And mm, it's mm. great that there's such a good balance. Like, yeah. you don't feel like, oh, it hit superheroes are just men. Mm, yes. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. oh, no, we have um, like, an equal balance, like quite a fairly equal balance of like really strong females and males. Mm. Um, and I just hope they carry on with that, like inclusion and add more. Um, I know there's been some controversy, but um, I want them to carry on a path of growth <laughs> of that inclusion.
3: <laughs> well, well, coming to that, I mean, like, just to... Uh, am sorry, I'm aware we need to move on from this topic, but um, just oh, to... No, we're going to get to Spider-Man in the Yeah. <laughs> <for it. laughs> but just to go um, back to what you were saying there, I mean, it, part of... Certainly, um, over the years, it's been speculated that part of the reason why um, Marvel Studios have been... Um, A little slow perhaps in uh, adapting to the needs of their audience and and providing more representation and things like that is because of the corporate structure that they had in place previously. So Mm. um, previously at Marvel Studios, between sort of 2006 up to 2000 and I think it was 14, um, Kevin Feige, who who is the head of of Marvel Studios, had to report to um, a Disney executive called Ike Perlmutter Now, if you Google this guy, he's the worst. Um, He's a Trump supporter. He's a a racist. He's a sexist. Um, He's probably the reason that you never had any Black Widow um, action figures come out when the Avengers movie came out. Um, He's probably the reason why we've had to wait this long for a Black Panther movie to come out. Um, Ike Palmata blocked a lot of things. I mean, he famously um, said that he didn't want to do... Um, black Panther because it wouldn't sell to anybody outside of a black audience. Wow. Um, so he has a, a, a very, you know, a, a, a very um, well. He's a scumbag. <laughs> Let's yeah. just call him. He he's a scumbag. <laughs> yeah. Um, and space, he, space. you know, Kevin Feige had to report directly to him um, in around sort of I think it was 2015. There was there was kind of like a coup um, where basically Kevin Feige went to Alan Horn um the head of Disney and said to him, Look, I can't deal with this guy. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, I, you know, I can't report to this guy and he's hampering what we're trying to do. Um and so Horn went back to the board of directors at Disney and they were like, well, you know, Feige's making us more money than this Ike Perlmutter guy. Get rid of him. So they moved um Ike Perlmutter away. So he still he still does um manage Marvel properties, but he manages Marvel um digital entertainment which i think covers like the the comic books now and um tv shows that appear on abc so things like agents of shield and agent carter and so on um, and and uh, kevin feige is now um the head of his own studio and he doesn't report to anybody other than directly to alan horn So um, now, you know, he can basically do the things that he wanted to do, and he has hinted in interviews previously that, you know, things like Captain Marvel and things like that, he's wanted to do that a long time ago, but he couldn't because of the way um, the, the company was structured, but now he's the one calling the shots. Um, now you're going to start to see a lot more uh, inclusion. You're going to see a lot more diversity. You're going to see lots more female characters and, and women characters pushed to the forefront. Um, you know, you, you'll expect to see some um, LGBTQ representation over the next uh, couple of years as well. Um, and all of this will, will be coming going forward. So it's happy days at Marvel Studios, finally. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: thanks for that. I, yeah, I didn't know that, um, that background. But yeah, that's really informative. Um, all right before we go and discuss blind man because we've got to talk about that uh is there anything that hasn't been announced yet in phase four that you are actually looking forward to or want to see
3: um no i mean we we did talk about um we have previously, again, sorry to keep referencing my own podcast here, but <laughs> okay. um, me and Rich have talked to in the past about what we wanted for Black Panther Part 2 um, or for a Black Panther sequel. Um, and one of the things I'm still holding out hope for is that um, we get either an adaptation of a, a, a comic book storyline that basically pits um, the kingdom of Wakanda against the kingdom of Atlantis. Um, Okay. And so Black Panther and Namor basically go head yeah. to head, and yeah. that would be a way to introduce Namor. For those who don't know, Namor is, is a character also known as Namor the Submariner. Um, he's one of Marvel's oldest comic book characters. Um, he, he was first introduced in the 40s, um, and he's very similar to Aquaman, al- although he actually predates Aquaman. Um, and he... In recent years, he's been seen as somewhat of, a, of an antagonist um, to the rest of the Marvel universe because... Um, he places you know the the sanctity and security of Atlantis above all else um and you know if you if there's in any way he senses that you're a threat to Atlantis then he'll go to war with you um and in one of the the major comic book angles uh, runs recently there was this as I said this war that broke out between Wakanda and, and Atlantis, and it was just incredible um i it may be too much to put into. Like a Black Panther two, so I I don't know if that's going to happen, but that's something that I would really really love to see.
0: Cool. Yeah. Anything for you, Tazzy? Are you still processing?
1: Um, I'm still processing. still processing. Also, like everything <laughs> I want is all, already there. So, like like Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm so happy that it's now just going forward. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So Guardians of the Galaxy is like yeah, yeah, yeah. the one I'm looking forward to the most. Whenever that happens, and cool. I just oh, it's just. Yeah, it was a exciting. bit dicey there for a minute, wasn't it? it was, I <laughs> was yeah. about to start yeah. campaigning. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit
3: dicey there for a minute. It was looking like, oh, 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 it, sure, it, yeah. is this, are we going to see this ever again? Like, <laughs> are these characters done? Is that it? Like, okay. yeah, it um, crazy. I mean, I'm just
0: looking forward to them fixing Fantastic Four whenever that will be. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah, like I said, we've got a talk about spider-man so in between the time that we scheduled this podcast and uh this moment right now all hell broke loose uh the gates of hell were opened and uh spider-man left the mcu which broke a lot of people's hearts uh, including tom holland from the looks of it um so i mean it looks as of now that it's definitely at least for the time being uh done that spider-man will not be appearing in future MCU films Hmm. uh, which is particularly troubling considering the way uh, Spider-Man Far From Home uh, left so I was originally gonna ask whether you think Disney and Sony can make a new deal to make it happen it now looks like uh, that won't be happening so my question is Actually, I don't have a question. What, <laughs> is, going, what is going on? That's my question. Mm. Uh, and, and how will Spider-Man, or the, the lack thereof, uh, affect MCU? Will it affect MCU? And how will Sony, like, kind of deal with the property on their own? I mm. feel
1: like the biggest question here to ask is how broken is How yeah, heartbroken and, and, is everyone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Have you recovered? Do we
0: need, do, do need to speak to someone? might need to yeah. just yeah, let it all out. This is the time. <sighs>
3: Yeah, I cried into my Spider Man pillow for a yeah. few days, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: feel like they really should have worked harder to come to a decision <laughs> that benefited both of them. I know, like, neither of them are really good guys here. Um, but yeah, I'm... I think
0: there was a lot of hate towards Sony, but. You know, obviously, there's two sides to this, and
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you really look into it, you know, neither of them have done. Re- this is like a terrible divorce, yeah. Like <laughs> where you know, the only one, like the the person that comes out hurt the most is the child, and in this case, that is Spider Man,
3: yeah, uh,
1: and all Spider Man fans, yeah. Um, <laughs> and like, yes, I do you know what it wouldn't be that bad if it wasn't the case that well now Sony's just going to do another reboot of Spider-Man <laughs> like yeah they're...
0: so they're not going to continue with because I don't want to spoil uh even though I did say spoilers up front but uh for Tazzy in particular because you haven't seen Far From Home no. um and they basically they, they've got stuff to pick up on like to deal with from the end of that and so uh is it? Do you think it's definitely they're going to reboot it? Because, really, do we well, need to see another we reboot? See, we don't. We need don't. To
1: see every, we, we know Spider Man. We know yeah. it. Um, but, well, they've said that they're only going to do one more film with Tom
0: Holland. So. Because that's his current contract says one more film, um, as, I, as I understand it.
1: I Yeah, I no i think he yeah i think his contract has one more film and I, but i think there was a plan there was two more films like you know in a plan in the plan um and sony are like eh, we're just gonna do the one right, <laughs> that's okay. how i've understood it from what i've read in that um and
0: okay.
1: yeah i'm like oh you, you could just mm.
0: yeah that pretty much yeah all, all those noises yes <laughs> i mean i feel like when i first heard this i felt like isn't there enough money to go around like really uh, and i mean I, I can see it from both sides i i feel like sony must feel obviously if you're getting uh, i think it's 95 percent of uh, the box office if you're getting that it's hard to come down especially if you feel like you're able to sort of continue you this success on your own especially with uh venom doing so well and them having plans for that universe i get that um and if you're if you're disney you just want all the money in the world so uh i get that too but surely there's there's some way because i think what they've been able to do uh, together with sony owning the rights of spider-man and uh marvel sort of being able to raise (laughs) raise the level especially after the The second reboot um, with Andrew Garfield raised the level of uh, Spider-Man films and bring it in into the MCU into that shared universe. You just think they'd want to keep that going, and it was like a kind of like a a sad example of the sort of corporate interests taking away from the the I guess the product uh, really. So I don't know. I think like you, I'm still processing. But I mean, I I will say that I, I feel like the MCU. It was working before Spider Man. um, And that's not to say, you know, it it can't continue going and be successful. You know, we just announced, like, we just heard an announcement of a bunch of new characters, so they can keep that going. And for for me, as much as I like the MCU and what uh, Kevin Feige is doing, uh, there's also in the back of my mind this kind of wariness around one corporation uh, owning so much of these properties whereas i'd like to see what other studios can do so like for me one of the best sort of comic book um stories to come out as logan there's nothing to do with uh marvel or, or the mcu mm-hmm. would you have got that in the mcu so there is like if sony can can deliver um sort of quality i'd you know i, I think it could be a good thing to see a different take uh on Uh, on the character going forward it's just annoying because because of where it is at the moment I feel like there's still work to be done for this current story this um coming off homecoming far from home uh and dealing with the ramifications of what what happened there so I don't know how do you feel Jason
3: um sorry I'm still crying Uh... yeah (laughs) Jason (laughs) needs to be consoled we all need to be But um, Yeah, like... I mean, um, as you both have said, so, you know, in terms of what the, the the corporate events that have unfolded that have, have created this situation are, you know, um, disappointing from yeah. uh, from a fan's point of view. Um, you know, I as much as I loved the the MCU, it did always kind of feel slightly incomplete without Spider Man for me. Mm. so when it, you know it was announced that they'd done this deal and they were going to introduce Spider-Man in Civil War it, it you know i was already looking forward to Civil War because of um you know because of, of that storyline and and because of what they'd done before but you know finding out that Spider-Man was going to be introduced in there gave me a little bit um you know a little bit more to be excited about and then Spider-Man Homecoming came out and i was a really big fan of Spider-Man Homecoming i i really enjoyed what they did um with the character uh, I really enjoyed Tom Holland's performance as as Peter Parker as Spider Man. It, it, it felt great to finally have a Peter Parker who felt like a kid and acted like a kid and sounded like a kid, it, much in the way he was, um, you know, in the original comic books, and, and not a thirty year old pretending to be a kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it, it was great that that we finally had that. And then, you know, he he kind of grew more into the MCU, and he had that great cameo in Avengers um, Infinity War and you know he was really good in that and then um, you know he popped up again in Endgame and then we got Far From Home and it was like oh my god I I loved Far From Home I was like this is amazing I didn't quite love it as much as Homecoming but I really enjoyed um, Far From Home and then as you said that the movie ends in a certain way on a cliffhanger and you're like, wow, what does this mean? You know, what what's going to happen next? And then all of a sudden, it's like, no, um, you know, the the two parents are, um, as you said, Tazzy, you know, having a, a, a bitter divorce. It looks like, and <laughs> and we, the kids, are the ones who are going to suffer in this divorce. Um, you know, where Sony kind of go from here with Spider Man is, uh, I guess, anyone's guess. I mean, it, it seems like that, as you said, they're going to reboot the the character again. Um, I'm very, very nervous about what Sony are going to do because I'm not a big fan of what Sony did with Venom. Um, I'm not a big fan of their plans in general for the Spider-Man universe. I don't know if either of you are aware of the things that they were planning to do with Spider-Man and the Spider-Man character. Yeah, um, I've heard some, but, yeah some talk about it. Yeah, I mean, if you remember when their their emails got hacked by the North Koreans back in, like, 2015... Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of stuff was posted on the internet on internet showing um their plans and yeah good grief god help us if that's what they're planning to go back to doing with spider-man so um i'm i'm very 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 pessimistic at the moment um and it seems like you know the door is now shut um to quote a, a sony executive who who recently was asked about what's happening with spider-man and the mcu so that avenue is now closed so for the foreseeable future um you know spider-man will be going in in a completely different direction and what that direction is i don't know and i'm kind of not sure if i care because I said I just feel so jilted by all of this now that I'm like <laughs> I don't know if I can muster the the energy to get excited again for Spider-Man for a Spider-Man reboot mm-hmm. um, unless they were going to do um, you know a live action into the Spider-Verse type story or, or something like that that I might be interested in or if they were going to do Miles Morales Spider-Man as, as the lead character and then maybe do Spider-Gwen and Silk and you know bring in some other characters in that way maybe they'd get yeah. me but but yeah, I mean, if they're just going to reboot Peter Parker and we have to watch Uncle Ben die again, again, then again. no, one can emotionally deal
0: uh, with yeah, please, that. No, please, no uh, I'm let, done. let 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 the man rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's not positive. Uh, I will say it's not no. positive. But I mean, yeah, let us know your thoughts. If you've got any feedback on what you, where you feel like sony can take spider-man um how the mcu will deal without him uh let us know get in touch so yeah that kind of uh brings to a close our epic talk about the mcu we're gonna go on to talk about some storytelling tips and answer some of your questions Uh, So this is something that I kind of thought of after watching, I think, Infinity War. Um, Or was it Endgame? It was some some Marvel film. And just the idea of fan service. So it got me thinking about um, sort of fan service in stories. And particularly recently, I don't know if, um, Jason, you've seen Game of Thrones, but Mm. uh, just looking at the way Endgame and Game of Thrones both Kind of, you know, the ends of uh, almost a decade-long sort of uh, series of storytelling, uh, both ending in completely different, uh, different ways. Um, well, one really good, and one absolutely terrible. Um, and just thinking about the idea of fan service. So whenever I hear people say fan service, it's always in a disparaging terms. But as I was thinking about Endgame, I felt that it succeeded a lot. Because of fan service. Uh so I feel like when the word the phrase fan service is used, people might not exactly understand uh what it means. Because uh, to me and I feel what Endgame did well is fan service by way of sort of paying off um story arcs that were set up earlier in the story, or in this case earlier in the the decade from uh, previous films, whereas Game of Thrones sort of didn't pay off a lot. A lot of things that were set up um, were not returned to and left people feeling empty. So for me, the idea of fan service and using Marvel as an example is essentially not just about having the the cool moments, but this approach of servicing the story first uh, and making sure things work from a storytelling perspective, and that if you if you set something up, you're then gonna return to it. So, Endgame was very satisfying uh, for me. and Uh, in that it it wrapped up a lot of plot threads and made references to plot threads that were set up years before. So for example, uh, so I watched Endgame in California in a full uh, cinema. And when uh, Captain America, sort of in that moment where um, Thanos had uh, sort of Thor like pinned against the rock and then you see Captain America start to wield uh, Mjolnir That was like a a big moment but that came from Age of Ultron like way back in 2015 where you saw everyone try to lift like uh, Thor's hammer and the idea being only the worthy can can lift it and you see Captain America sort of come the closest to uh, to lifting up and then Thor being in trouble by that so that's something that was like set up and then paid off and you can write that off as, as fan service, but what that is is sort of bringing uh, a close to a uh, a plot thread that you started. So I feel that for anyone who's sort of making their own story, especially one that spans different stories within the same universe, this idea of fan service should be one that you actually want to want to take to. And uh, I also use DC as a as a reference of what not to do in <laughs> that you see sort of marvel take their time to set up these characters and and start off these them on their journeys on their character arcs uh whereas uh dc and i always say this they with justice league they try to jump to the end point without setting up the character uh character journeys and and that is i guess the the bad end of fan service when you're sort of literally just setting up these what I'm sure they thought at the time were just cool moments, but a collection of cool moments don't make a story, whereas what Marvel have done is set up these characters, set up their stories. So when you arrive at the first uh, Avengers, you're then coming in um, invested uh, in in these characters, in their journeys, in their stories. Uh, and that is sort of, I guess, how you do fan service right. So what I said uh, earlier on about me taking notes with, with Marvel and looking at the, the My universe where always being mindful of, we have the, this, the shared universe and we have these separate stories. So for example, when we do, when we do a collector's edition of our, um, of our volumes, like for, we've done it for Samurai Chef, we've done it for Sirius, we'll have these, um, quote unquote, after credit scenes that, um, show you behind the scenes of the My Matter studio. And that's our opportunity to sort of mix characters, but also to deliver, I guess, fan service. But it, what, um, what I'm working on doing is having that set up future stories or refer to <clears throat> previous stories and characters as well. So it's just that idea of making sure that when you set things up, you then pay them off later. So what do you guys think of the, the term like fan service and how it's used in different, uh, different areas?
1: Um yeah I, I agree with you in the fact that if you have to story comes first and then the fan service um and if the if you're sort of like putting something in there that's very fan based it has to go along with the the story so in gaming it happens a lot there's a lot of fan service in gaming and um I hate when a game takes, like, a completely different term, uh, turn because they're catering to fans. Well, I say fans, but the idea of these people that are, like, I want this and I demand it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, rather than following their story and then when, you know, fans are demanding something, you're like, actually, this works really well with what we already have planned and it just adds to the character's growth and story. Um. But yeah, so I guess that's my take it. I pretty much agree with you on, on most of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah, just something that came to mind. So uh, there's my take on fan service. Let us know what you think in either the comments or send us a message. Uh, we might read out your comment on a future episode.
1: Awesome. So... Um, we have actually had some questions this week. I guess because we're doing something that everyone actually has knows about. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, the first question we have is from Kota Kitty on Instagram and Twitter. Should it have ended at Endgame? This is referring to the MCU universe, of course.
3: What do you guys think? Uh, I'm going to um... give a no for that. I think... big, fat, no yeah. <laughs> a no, 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 there's no way it should have ended no. <laughs> no. no, i mean I, let me elaborate a little bit more than that um I think that end game was how I viewed end game was was the perfect ending to one particular chapter of a story, or almost if you look at the m c u and you imagine it as like um let's say it's a volume of books um you know end game was the end of book one but there's still book two book three book four book five to come yeah. <laughs> so yeah and you know you, come, yeah and they will come <laughs> believe me because you know as as said if nothing else the amount of money that's rolling in for the yeah. mcu right now they're they're not you know nobody's getting off that train anytime <laughs> soon so um but i think there's there's you know, the, the beautiful thing about what they've been able to do with the MCU is is to tap into the the comic book world. And in the comic book world, there's literally thousands of different storylines and different angles that that they can take. I mean, you know, one of the things we didn't mention earlier is you're literally going to get a TV show called What If?, which is basically um a, a comic book series from the 60s in which um or started in the 60s where writers would basically um try and flip stories around so effectively giving you the same story but with a slightly different character so you know for example a quite famous what if story is what if spider-man joined the Fantastic Four. So um, and, and it kind of tells, you know, what the adventures and the trials and tribulations of Spider-Man being a member of that team rather than being a standalone hero. Um, and you're now getting a TV series, you know, that will be coming out in the next two years, which will be based on what if stories about the MCU. So there's going to be all of these things coming from a different perspective. I mean, one of the ones that we definitely know that they're doing is one which will have Peggy Carter as uh, Captain America. Well, not even Captain America. She'll be presumably Captain Britain. Um, but, you know, you'll, you'll get to see Peggy Carter with the, the super soldier serum and the shield and get to see how, you know, she deals with some of the threats that, that Captain America dealt with in that first movie. So there, there's, there's literally thousands and thousands of stories still to tell. So, um, no, there's no way. Yeah, no, it's, uh, no, it's um, just the beginning.
1: Yeah, mm. I agree. I don't think Endgame it should have ended it endgame because there is so many untold stories in comics and it's a great way for non-comic readers to still get the comic, you know, service. Yeah. It's great. Mm. Um, yeah, but if you I feel like it's a good place that if you're like, all right. I want to exit from this. Investment.
3: To, we exit now because yeah. <laughs> you'll be in it Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Get, yeah. get off the train now. Train now. As, as well, guys, <laughs> this is the last stop. If you carry on, like, you're, you're not getting off.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the next question is from Kawai Prince MH on Instagram. And it is, would you still like to see stories about... Iron Man, e.g. pre-endgame. I'm going to go ahead and answer this first. (laughs) Um, And part of me is like, yes, because I don't feel like I could get enough of Iron Man. Um, But the other part of me is like, "Uh, but we've had so much Iron Man. But I feel like there are a lot of stories. um, I've not read the comics for them, but I've heard about them. That could be interesting, sort of stories to bring in, Um they might be like more loosely adapt, uh, like loose adaptations, but definitely sort of like storylines that could be pulled in. Maybe it's a TV show.
0: Yeah, I've, I've, I, I kind of see where you're coming from. I'm a fan of of endings. Um, so this is why I have uh, issues some a lot of anime uh, series that just just you're in perpetual anime um i i like endings and i like that iron Man's story ended so i wouldn't mind maybe in future maybe like rebooting a character um and going in different directions but i, I like that he had his his end i like that captain america had their end and we're now going to see sort of new stories and new characters so and but i uh, having said that, I, I did like robert danny's junior's portrayal of iron man and I, I would be entertained by seeing more of that but i feel just more than that i'd like to see it ending so i i'm happy with not seeing another uh, any more iron man stories
3: yeah i agree i mean i'm um to, to i guess to directly answer the question no i don't think there is a need to see more tony stark iron man stories um, yeah, yeah. although that said you know i don't think that necessarily means iron man as a character and as a concept has to disappear from um the mcu um you know there's certainly room to do things with a character like riri williams mm. um who is uh quite popular in in the comic books at the moment um and presents a, a different take on the iron man character um and also because i'm, I'm with you nigel you know i i thought his his ending was was a great ending. I thought it was a, a really, a really satisfying way to bring a close to you know ten years of, of that character um, and and what Robert Downey Jr. has done with that character. And I thought it was a great send off for him as well as as an actor um, because of how much he he's invested into that character. And um, you know to then kind of go back over it again kind of feels like it would almost cheapen a little bit. You know, yeah. the, the, the things that they've done in Endgame. So so for me, no. Although that said, as uh, uh, said, Riri Williams is a, a character, I think, who, who could quite easily fit into future stories. Um, and who's to say, you know, they don't decide to do like they did in the comics and make, you know, Tony Stark her, her AI for her suit. Um, in which case, you know, you'd get Tony Stark back in there again. So, <laughs> so it could happen. You know, it, it definitely could happen. But as it things stand, um, yeah, I'm quite happy to to move on from Iron Man. I think.
1: And I'm I'm really interested to talk about this question. Uh, so Kimiko underscore 22 X on Instagram asks, what are your thoughts on Shang Chi uh, being Asian and the character not being whitewashed?
3: um yeah yeah. (laughs) that's a good one sorry you want to go first no
0: you uh you take
3: it yeah um well listen i mean if if marvel if they had any sense they they knew they weren't gonna be able to whitewash this character um you know they I, i think it was quite clear and it has been clear for some time that, that people want to see more representation, of, as we've discussed, um, and better representation amongst uh, superhero movies. Um, and Shang-Chi, a bit like Ms. Marvel, represents an opportunity to do something that um, is not only different for, for comic book movie fans, but actually kind of um, has a wider cultural impact. Um, and as said, I think Marvel Studios were, you know, acutely aware that, that this was not a casting that they could afford to mm-hmm. to do anything, um, uh, do anything nefarious with other than be straight up and say, look, we're looking for an Asian um, actor. Um, the character is Asian anyway, um, in the comic books, he, he always has been. Um, there are some elements to his background and his history and um particularly to the villains history as well that are a little bit problematic. So there's some some work the script writers are going to have to do to probably change a few things around um in terms of the villain that he faces, the Mandarin and, and, and his background and, and things like that. But but I have every um faith that that they will do that and and will um you know will trust in the writers who have been brought on board um for this project and um you know they will do justice uh, to that character, and they would do justice to the audience as well, who who've been waiting a long time for this. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, there was never any chance this movie would yeah, be a white one. <laughs> no way, no way, no <laughs> way.
0: Just way too much, way too much attention and focus on on this to do something like that. And and I feel the same uh, as when Black Panther came out. I feel it it says a statement when a a major studio. Uh, for a you know blockbuster release, are you know um, bringing in that representation in the characters for one picking uh, an Asian comic book character to write about, and then sticking with the correct casting uh, of that, and then hopefully it sees the success like uh, Black Panther, then it it shows you that's the right way to go. So uh, I think when Black Panther came out, I I felt like this is a good first step, and you wanted to see more of that. So this is more of that, and uh, and I feel like hopefully it will, will lead to more studios, um, sort of big and small, going okay. We can we can actually stick to, um, you know, how the character was uh, was written. If there was, you know, is uh, sort of diverse cast, we can represent that, and we can have success. Which sounds obvious to us as I say out loud, but. You know, obviously some people still need to be reminded that that is a possibility and not an outlier. So, yeah, yeah. The, the more, the better.
1: I'm excited. I want this to have the Black Panther effect. So, yeah. <laughs> me me, um, like, obviously I went into Black Panther because I love superhero movies. Um, my mum went into Black Panther because she thought it looked cool.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> but that was because it was a full black cast and she she probably wouldn't have seen it if it wasn't for that um yeah, my
0: sister was like that with black panther
1: but to the extent that my mom was like now i want to watch the rest of the mcu like genuinely she's she wants to see what the rest of it's about because it it was done in such a way that was like really cool and she's like oh, like it makes me think of going away um and just these beautiful planes and for her she feels like she's got like an inner warrior and could really (laughs) really relate to like the female warriors in that um so it's like it it brought like two two camps together um i feel like um and you know for everyone that's sitting in between that just loves uh a good superhero film, uh, but also likes a full, uh, uh, not full black cast, but you know what I mean, a uh, majority yeah. black cast. Mm. Um, mm. It has both of those elements in So I want to see that from Shang-Chi as well. <laughs> and yeah. to bring those people maybe into superhero films that they wouldn't have watched before,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or vice versa.
0: Yeah,
3: I agree yeah, with absolutely. that. Absolutely, I'd agree with that. And it's funny, um, quick anecdote. Um, when I told my uh, sister who lives in the Caribbean about um, Black Panther she was um, really really into it. I mean she's not a comic book fan at all um, so she went to go and see it and she took my mum and my mum like your mum absolutely loved it was like oh my god this is amazing you know look at all of this look at look at the costumes and look at the skyscrapers and look at this and look at that and she wanted more you know you know my mum was like, I want I want more I want more So I was like, okay, well, there's this movie called, um, you know, Avengers Infinity War coming out, um, you know, and the character will be in that. So, you know, I said to my sister, you know, take him, uh, take my mum to to go and see uh, Avengers Infinity War. Well, who told me to go and do that? Because my mum came out and was like, (laughs) I waited, I waited, and I waited, I waited for two hours for him to come on the screen, and he was on the screen for two minutes, and then he died at the end. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, Yeah, sorry See, I about have, expectations. I kind of shouldn't have. Yeah, I should have yeah. managed your expectations a bit better. There. Sorry,
1: <laughs> maybe you should have gone the route that I did with my mum. I was like, It's very, very, very complicated.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> are you ready for this? It is, a, it is a ride, especially since she forgets which Harry Potter films we've watched. We've watched all of them. Right. Um, she's constantly like, Have I seen that one? I'm like, Yes, mum, you've seen that one. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so just a reminder that uh, you can send your feedback in to us at feedback at or over on our social media, which is at mymada on Twitter and at mymada teas on Instagram or at Tazzy on both for me um, and I've got our topic for next the next episode what are we um,
0: oh the next the next episode, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, well, we'll um, in that case, we'll wrap up this one so we can get to that one quicker. Um, and um, Jason, where can we
3: find out about Wulong Talks? Um, Yeah, I mean, well, myself and Rich, we're, we're here, there and everywhere. Um, I, Ideally, if you want to check us out on social media, you can follow us on, on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook um, at Wulong Talks. Um, our podcast is available everywhere where you find podcasts, so the Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, um, SoundCloud, you name it, they are uh, Just type in Wulong Talks to find it. Um, we are hoping to get everything up and running again. We've had a little break over the past three weeks um, because we've been traveling, but we're doing some exciting stuff. We're, we're doing a, a 90s uh, action movie fest uh, where we're going to be talking about 12 action movies from the 1990s that we've handpicked that some people maybe have, might not be quite familiar with or may have missed, but we feel have been um, quite influential into the the way that movies are made now. Um, We'll have some special guests on with us as well to talk about those movies, so that's going to be great. Um, And we're carrying on with the Bebop rewatch, which is our our rewatch of uh, the seminal anime series Cowboy Bebop. Um, That will be beginning again next week. Uh, We're up to session... 12, I think it is, or I think it's session 12, yeah. Um, and, uh, it's a lot of fun, you know, every week we, we sit down and we break down an episode that we've watched and, and we discuss some of the influences and talk a little bit about the music and also try to give some cowboy bebop news as well, particularly with the live action adaptation from Netflix coming out, uh, probably next year. Um, so we try and round up some news and things like that on there as well. So all of that you can find, um, as I said on our socials, which is at Wulong Talks.
0: Cool. Well, yeah, thanks for joining us for this, like, epic discussion on all things MCU.
3: Thank you, man. Uh, again, appreciate being on. Um, yeah, I know it, it took a while for us to get here, but it had to be we done. are here. And, um, yeah, it was brilliant. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed oh. it. So thank you very much for having me.
0: No worries. Alright, so yeah, that brings us to the end of the show. Um, So don't forget that we record twice a month, or thereabouts, and we release first on Patreon, then 24 hours later on SoundCloud and other uh, platforms. So if you want to support us, you can jump on there and uh, over time we'll be given opportunities to help uh, Patreon supporters support uh, the development of the show. You can also check out My matter stories uh, on our website. Like I said, we've got a l- new manga coming out, Hot Lunch, but our existing titles are up on our website at myamada.com forward slash manga and we have Gamepad coming in just a few weeks. So you can head to gamepad.events to get tickets and find out more about the autumn event on September the 28th. Uh, and then our next episode is gonna be, I think on the, we're recording on the 22nd. So we're gonna be discussing Disney's animated film Zootopia, and giving you uh, more storytelling tips. We don't have any guest plans, so which is gonna be us, um, Tazzy and I, and. Gina talking about Zootopia so tune in then and uh, don't forget to send us your feedback at feedback at myameta.com or check us out at story sorry or check us out at soundcloud.com slash story x story thank you for joining us
1: thank you everyone bye